stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and today I'm going to solo again to talk about what stocks you should buy if you want to buy and hold for years or maybe even decades. So some of you may have heard my podcast recently talking about the investing prowess of Ed. He was the 91-year-old family friend of mine who turned $50,000 into $5 million over the course of 30 years by buying quality stocks and holding them. So I got a lot of questions after that podcast, basically asking, how do you choose which stocks to buy? And that is a good question, right? How do you choose them? You aren't trading it, so the chart isn't really going to help you. And the same thing with the technical analysis, that's not really going to help you. Just the hot momentum stocks, that's not really going to help you because they might not be hot or momentum in a year, three years, five years, 10 years. Imagine holding the stock for 10 years. A lot can go on, right? So how do you know which companies will grow and which will hopefully help grow your investment? That is always the the big question for every investor, right? So Ed, the 91-year-old investor, he got lucky in that he just happened to work at a place called Sherwin-Williams, ticker SHW, and he worked there for a couple decades and ended up retiring from there. And Sherwin-Williams turned out to be one of those winner stocks. It beat all of the competitors in its industry, and it still remains one of the top paint and coating companies in the world, still growing and still has good management. But again, this was all just basically luck. Ed lucked out. But what if Ed had worked at Bear Stearns and he retired in 1990? And Bear Stearns, you may recall, went under in the financial crisis. Big investment bank and uh, been around for decades and decades, was kind of the old white shoe type of outfit there in New York City, right in the financial district. And that did not survive the financial crisis. So basically no one saw that coming. So how do you pick the Sherwin-Williams but not the Bear Stearns? Well, there really is no science to it. So my first tip for you would be to be diverse because you may own both Sherwin-Williams and the Bear Stearns. So if you own anywhere between 10 and 20 stocks in a long-term portfolio, if one of them blows up like Bear Stearns and suddenly goes bankrupt and goes away, it's not going to completely crush your entire portfolio because hopefully it's just a small you know, 10% or less uh, position in your overall portfolio and you have other good winning stocks that can make up the difference. Because again, you just, you never know. Even companies with long-term excellent track records can sometimes hit really rocky periods where things don't go well and maybe the business even gets into some troubles. Um, like again with Bear Stearns, that's an extreme example. But another more recent example is that of uh, GE, General Electric, which I talked about on the Ed podcast, because he did own some of General Electric as well in his portfolio. But he had the big winner in Sherwin-Williams, so that helped ease the pain of what was going on in his GE bet. A second tip is to maybe buy what you know. This is the Peter Lynch strategy of investing. 
Peter Lynch was a superstar portfolio manager at Fidelity back in the 1970s and 80s. And the beginning of the 90s is when he retired. He was one of the investing gurus of that era. And he wrote a best-selling book. And in fact, I think several of best-selling books. And then he retired from Fidelity and went off and now just runs his own uh, investments. But one of his big winning strategies is to buy what you know. Now, he never intended that strategy to mean you just throw caution to the wind. And because you like a certain company or its products, you just buy it and don't pay any attention to any fundamentals or how much money it's making or if it's making any money. Um, He always said to could do all your research on that company before you buy. But the strategy does remain effective. So do you love a product or a restaurant chain? I've bought some of my oldest holdings in my own personal portfolio this way, using this method. Um, So I own Ulta, ticker U-L-T-A, in my own personal portfolio, and I bought it in 2014. So I was shopping there in 2014, and I liked the stores. And they were also rolling out their new rewards program around that time, which I joined and which I loved because it's a great rewards program and it still remains one of the best in the industry. You actually get a lot of good freebies with it and they do some nice little things like remember your birthday, although I haven't. I haven't gotten one of these recently, so maybe they got rid of this little feature, but they used to remember your birthday and you got like a special gift in your birthday month of like a mascara or something like that, whatever the designated gift was. But these things go far in creating brand loyalty. So I love that. And in 2014, the CEO at the time, Mary Dillon, who just retired from the company, had also bought shares in her own personal account on a pullback in the price. So I bought some too, and I still own it seven years later. So that buy what you know actually worked. And I've also met over the years some other people who buy what you know in um, restaurant stocks. So I have friends whose parents bought shares of McDonald's, ticker MCD, in the 1970s because that's when McDonald's started rolling out a new product called the Happy Meal. And so their kids started liking this product and they started going there a lot to get the Happy Meals. And so they thought, hey, you know, we're going here all the time. Maybe this will be a good investment. And so they bought some shares in the 1970s. And yes, that did turn out to be a good investment. It has had its ups and downs over the years, though. McDonald's shares have. So um, you do have to hold on. Now, this method doesn't always work. You may end up buying like a kind of a fad chain or a fad product that doesn't really hold its value and kind of burns itself out quickly. And then the company either, you know, goes kind of down in the dumps or just goes out of business altogether. Uh, one stock I bought that didn't work out that I I have always used and I love the product is TripAdvisor, ticker T-R-I-P. So I bought it not that long after um, it went IPO because I did love the site and I used it all the time. But the business has really struggled against competitors and they, they're up against Expedia, Booking, um, 
you know, Trivago, all of those on the hotel side. They are up against others on the experience side. But recently they did announce they were rolling out this TripAdvisor Plus program, which is a subscription service. And it's $99 and you get a lot of freebies in it if you join. So it's basically their loyalty type program with a lot of freebies and discounts thrown in there. So how many people have they got to sign up with that? Could this method of revenue generation really work for TripAdvisor? It may, but I sold years ago, so I'm not, it's still in the stock, but the five-year return on TripAdvisor shares, they're down 25.4% over the last five years, although they have had the rebound um, during this coronavirus rally here, but that even then, that's not enough to stop if you had been a long-term holder and just for comparison's sake, the S&P 500's up 100% during that time period. So you're basically doubling your money in the S&P if you just bought the index fund versus buying TripAdvisor because you use it and you like it. <laughs> so this is that's a cautionary on buy what you know. So again, we get back to the ultimate question, how do you know what to buy? Because one of my purchases worked, Ulta, the other one, TripAdvisor, did not work. So you're going to have these instances where some of what you buy is not going to work, even though you have a long-term horizon. And you're going to have to be patient with some stocks. So some of these stocks, even the ones that um, have better results than TripAdvisor did for me, are going to have periods where they're gonna tread water. So even the FANG stocks have had periods where they basically went nowhere. So we all know that Amazon, ticker AMZE, and I own this one in my own personal portfolio, and I'm sure many of you might too, it soared in 2020 on the pandemic, but over the last eight months into here into 2021, it's basically been treading water most of that time. But if you go back even further on its chart, you'll see that it's treaded water numerous times in the past. So from September 2018 through February 2020, so just before COVID hit, and I took the dates September 3rd through, through February 3rd, 2020, that's 16 months. Amazon was up just 6.5% during that period. So 16 months up just 6.5%. The S&P 500, conversely, as comparison, was up 17.7% during that 16-month period. So even the mighty Amazon, which is one of the best performing stocks of the last 30 years, has these periods where it goes nowhere. And it had periods where it sank. So you are going to have to be ready to have your stock go nowhere or even down for a period of time. Now, you might want to be in a dividend payer, a dividend paying stock if you feel like you need something to be patient. So Ulta, for example, does not pay a dividend. They are doing share buybacks, but they do not pay a dividend. And several times over the years when they've gone into these uh, periods where the stock has sunk or it's just kind of treading water going nowhere, I have gotten a little impatient with it. I haven't done anything. I've stayed in there, but I am kind of like, eh, what am I getting for this? So if you are like me and you might get a little impatient, then a dividend paying stock may help you get through those periods where the stock isn't going anywhere or it's going down 
because at least you're getting that dividend where you're either going to take the cash and do something with it or you're just buying more shares. So you feel like you're going somewhere. So keep that in mind too, if you're trying to decide on what to buy, that for some of you getting something, even if it's a small little dividend, might be better than the ones that pay nothing just for your own psychology in owning for long periods of time. Also, valuation may matter to you. How much are you paying for those earnings right now some companies are pretty pricey after this big rally we just had. So if you're going to buy and hold, you have to be asking yourself, how much am I paying for those earnings now and even just for the next year or even possibly you know, a couple more years out? Am I paying a lot of money to get these earnings? That might help you decide what types of stocks um, you might want to buy. Now, you're also going to have to watch your companies pretty closely if you are going to buy and hold. So it's a little bit different skill than trading them, which you're watching very closely, obviously. But you still have to pay attention to what's happening behind the scenes because you may end up in a stock like TripAdvisor that the business struggles or GE where the business struggles there too. So you need to know what's happening with management. What are they doing with the board? Um, what's happening with that dividend, is it secure, all these kinds of things. So you're going to have to uh, pay more attention. Now, again, you may ultimately find that some companies won't work for you, like TripAdvisor did not work for me, and you have to be willing and able and ready to take the loss or get out of the stock and move on to something else. So that's a whole nother situation, right? But remember this. It only takes one big winner in a portfolio. We all think we need multiple big winners, and that would be fantastic. If we all owned FANG from 20 years ago, we would be amazing, right? It would be incredible. But even if you just own one of the FANGs and for the last 10 years, you've been doing pretty well for yourself just by having just one of them because all of the FANGs have pretty much been significant winners over the last decade. So keep that in mind. It only really takes one winner because remember in Ed's portfolio of which he owns about 10 stocks, he still owns Sherwin-Williams today or at least portions of it. He's bought and sold, I think, over the years. That Sherwin-Williams position from 1990 is up over 9,000% in those 30 years. So that's been his big winner. And that has seen him through the losers in his portfolio, like a GE or other ones he's had over the years, which he has said he's, he definitely has had. So the one big winner compounding over a long period of time can really do magical things for a portfolio. So keep that in mind. Try to keep in mind that you just need one. You don't need five. But if you get five, even better, even more fantastic and fabulous. But be on the lookout for just your one and you'll be okay. And uh, again, keep in mind, you don't have to stick with whatever you buy, even if you're thinking going in, I'm buying and holding. But that being said, don't sell out after six months because it's not going your way if you really wanna be a buy and hold investor. You really have to stick around for numerous years numerous kind of cycles in that company 
and in the in the business cycle and what's happening in the economy to really see what some of these companies are capable of and to see the growth in the earnings and the sales because remember you're an owner as a long-term investor you own shares in that company you own a part of it so you want to see that growth there in the underlying business because that's why you're in it right because you want that growth so being a long-term investor isn't easy but it is a lot of fun but um you you just got to be out there kind of on your own using what you know and what you like to find these winning stocks. And remember also, they're not just in tech, as Ed's story shows, they're in a lot of different areas um, of the economy and a good company is just a good company and that's what you need to seek out. So let me recap some of the tickers I talked about on today's show. So there was Sharon Williams again, I'm going to highlight that because it has been an outstanding performer for more people than just Ed. Sherwin-Williams ticker SHW. Ulta is one I've bought and hold for many years, ticker ULTA. TripAdvisor, one of the ones I bought but didn't hold because it wasn't working for me, but maybe things are turning around there. Trip, T-R-I-P. McDonald's, a lot of people have bought these big restaurant stocks over the years, And McDonald's is one of the ones that obviously has been one of the winners in that space for many decades now. McDonald's MCD is the ticker. Amazon, one of the fangs, I do own that one, um, but it has had periods where it's treaded water. Amazon, A-M-Z-N, and GE, one of the ones that worked for many decades until it didn't. That's why you got to be cautious on some of these and... Um, Pay attention to what's going on behind the scenes. That's ticker GE, and we'll see if that one can start to turn itself around. And as always, I'm going to be bringing you more stock ideas. And if you have a question about one of these podcasts, be sure to send it to me on Twitter. Just ask away on there because I will try to cover them on the podcast. Because if you're thinking it, a lot of other people probably thinking it too. So Definitely reach out to me there. I'm on Twitter just at my name at, at Tracy Reinick, but I'm on all the time. So feel free to send them to me there. But you can get all of our podcasts on Zach's.com, of course. There's a podcast tab. You can get all of them there. And you can also get us on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on most places that you can get podcasts, including Google. And be sure to get us somewhere so you don't miss any of the socks. And I'll see you again next time with some more stock picks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.